Yeah. So are you the cooler, Slee? We talked about you don't believe in the Manning cast curse. Yeah. Are you the you're 0-1 in Rams games? Rams only lost two games all year. You showed up to one of them, so maybe mm-hmm. just take the rest of the season off. I don't think hey. that's a, a too big of a request. Listen, I'm going to need to replenish for parking again anyways. Uh, <laughs> it might take me 60 to 90 days on top of that to just get a couple Disney checks in before uh, before I get that cleared. Well, like they say, you got to pay yourself first, right? Like when yeah. you get your money, you got to put a little away for a rainy day. You got to put right. a little away for your retirement fund. Or even your car breaks, and in your case, you got to put a little away for your next Rams. I tried. I tried. Uh, I tried paying with my Fidelity account yesterday. I'm like, listen, I have this Disney stock. Is there a way I could transfer that over to your parking account? How are you guys fixed for crypto uh, cashing in right here? You guys, you ready for a little? Can I pay for my parking with Bitcoin? Okay, uh, it, it is what it is. I guess. Real quick, I just want to say this. Um, what a freaking unbelievable experience at SoFi Stadium. I mean, and, and you probably get that feeling every single time. Every time. Um, and it's still early on. In a couple of years, that's going to you know obviously be a little bit different. But think about my football experiences uh, so far in my life. They are predominantly you located. Stop going. You they, should really quit football, Al. Well, no, no. Listen, listen to this. Listen to this. They're predominantly located back in the days at Qualcomm Stadium Great in San park. Diego, California. Lovely yeah? place. I mean, it was almost comical to pull up to, you know, that parking lot back in the days. But that that's what it was, right? It was built in the 60s, and that was Qualcomm Stadium. You just kind of took it for what it was. It's like a freaking – I don't know. I feel like I'm walking into a different world when you're going into SoFi. And I, I literally came early enough to just make sure – I want to walk around this place. I want to go. I want to be on the sixth level, the fifth, the fourth. Like, what has every level got to offer? And quick shout out, Brad Wallace, the Wallace firm. Um, you know, he's been a fantastic partner on the station. Was nice enough. Said he had an extra ticket. Um, so I really got kind of a good experience where I was sitting. It was kind of thirty yard line, you could say. So. Nice. Um, perfect seats to just watch the game and seeing the huge freaking board. It, 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 for those who haven't got a chance to go to a game yet, save up for parking, but then uh, then go enjoy the game. <laughs> well, here here's the biggest difference I think, and having gone to all the Rams games when they, since they've come back to L.A. at the Coliseum and now this year at SoFi. When you would go to a game at the Coliseum, it's exciting because you're going to go watch NFL football, and other than the Jeff Fisher year, the Rams have been a good team. You thought you're going to see a pretty exciting game. You thought your, your team was going to have a chance to win. That makes it a lot of fun, even at the Coliseum, which is old and, you know, uh, let me rephrase, historic, the <laughs> venerable uh, the Los Angeles Memorial Coliseum. It was a football game. It was fun. This is an event, man. When you go to a game at SoFi, it's an event. It is a Big deal for all the reasons that you mentioned. It's loud. There's a concert at half. There was Ty Dollar Sign last night. They've got a DJ. They've got uh, a woman Who was it at banging time? away at the uh, Ty Dollar Sign. I got it right. I got it right. That's don't try awesome. to. No, no, no. no That's right. awesome because when that was all unfolding, I'm like, I don't even know. It's, it was just they were just running a, a a run to run out the clock, and then six <laughs> seconds later, there's a concert on this at at at, uh, at midfield. I'm like, what just happened here? What did I just miss? <laughs> Every week. It, it, there, there's something going on every week. It is an, an amazing venue, and the, the the events that take place in it are just next level along the way. Now, that being and said, then, right, and then, right, ESPN uh-huh. Radio is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. All of our guests appear via the Goodyear hotline. Rams laid an egg last night. In particular, Matthew Stafford laid an egg. Um, I have been guilty 
several times of you know saying, "See, this is why they have him here. This is you know, Jared yep. Goff never would have made that decision." You said he throw. is a combination of Joe Montana, Steve Young, Troy Aikman, John Elway, uh, John Elway, and Brett Lamar Favre, yeah. and and better than Tom Brady. Yes, all of those things yes. are obviously very very true. He threw that the first interception he threw last night. He's getting tackled in the end zone. Yep. about to be a safety, which is a mm-hmm. drag. I get it. Nobody wants to get a safety. And then he did some honestly, Al. Yeah, it, it was a decision that I don't even think Jared Goff would have made, where he's getting spun around and he just fires it into the middle of the field to nowhere. He couldn't even see where the ball was going. It's intercepted. The ball's run back to about what the one or the two yard line. They go they in end right up after punching that it touchdown. in. Right, mm-hmm. they get the ball back. The Rams do first throw after that is a pick, pick six, six to, to the Keith house. It, it just it was an unbelievable uh, turn of events where in two passing attempts he basically gave them 14 points and while the game wasn't over because you thought the Rams might be able to crawl all their way back into it that game was over they weren't mm-hmm. coming back from that mm-hmm. you can't spot the other team 14 points on back-to-back throws especially a good team like Tennessee and expect to get back into it Matt and he said it after the game he's I'm not saying anything that he didn't say himself mm-hmm. he was terrible last night and he cost his team the game so you know just looking at his stats was sacked five times. I think you had mentioned four sacks so far this year. Yeah. I don't know how much that pressure early on, um, the pressure as in he's now knows, okay, well, I can't sit back here for five seconds and think that I can slice and dice the Tennessee uh, defense because that wasn't the case. Maybe now his throws are a little bit hurried. Um, you know, Certainly maybe that play in the end zone, that's different. You're trying to avoid the safety, but the reality is just a – absolutely careless play from a veteran quarterback. You can't do it. That cost them seven right there as well. Stafford was awful yesterday. I mean, he really was. And it set the table for – it set the table in a nationally televised game against a tough Titans team that didn't have Derrick Henry, that have been playing fantastic football. And I'm I'm talking about the Rams. It set up something that by the time you got to halftime, you're like – what makes you think that they're going to come back and make this a game? They were down 21-3 at half. Maybe some small moments in the second half where you thought, hey, maybe they can get back into this thing. But Tennessee dominated from start to finish. Yeah, they did. I, I do want to address this. I, I thought The whole Stafford I, thing of what you said about the whole – More, more Stafford, of, yes. They, but, hey, you know, you put pressure on him. He's not the same guy. Can we stop with that? Name one guy that is. You know, you know how you beat Tom Brady? You hit him. You make him move. You have the pocket be muddy. You have it be dirty around his feet. You have guys diving all over the place. There's not a quarterback in the league that's like, you know what I really like? I like when I get hit. I like when there's a whole bunch of traffic right in front of me. I like when I can't see what's going on. I like when I have to throw on the move. I like when I just don't know what's going on. I'm afraid I'm going to get my neck broke. That's what I like. Of course, of, of course he was bad under pressure. Who isn't? Every quarterback in the league is worse under pressure the way that it is. He had a bad night. You know who else had a bad night? Sean McVay. Sean, Sean, Sean McVay is one of the best coaches in the NFL. If there was yep. an NFL head coaching draft, Sean McVay's off the board in the first three or four picks. I, I believe that if you had a trade, right, and every team was up to trade for Sean McVay, of the 32 teams in the league, probably 28 or 29 would say, yeah, we'll take McVay. You can have our guy. Why doesn't he run the ball when the running game is working? We saw it last night. Daryl Henderson got off to a good start. We're all sitting in the press box kind of looking at him like, Why? let's keep doing that. Let's, and they keep trying to push the ball, push the ball down the field. I get it. He's really smart. He's a brilliant offensive mind. They score a lot of points. They move the ball. They rack up a lot of yardage. But sometimes don't you just have to take what's in front of you? And last night they didn't do that. Yeah, I, you know, every time you've mentioned that before, um, that kind of bothers me. 
if Sean McVay, for how good he is and how much you know, we go out of our way to compliment him, not because we're bored, it's because he's a really good head coach and he's uh, one of the best in the NFL, that part bothers me a lot. It's, no, not only do I want to win, I want to win my way. How about you just win the way that's presented to you? How about you just adjust to if a team is trying to take something away from you, that's going to create an opportunity somewhere else. That stubbornness, because I think stubborn is the right word. Stubbornness is you you only want to do things your way. You don't want to adjust. It doesn't matter what somebody else is doing. I'm just using this from a football perspective or a sports perspective. No, if, if, if they are taking away, if they're putting pressure on Matt Stafford, if they are taking away those – uh, the, the opportunity to kind of slice and dice the secondary. That, the, the defense was fantastic for the Titans. Before you blink, they were down 14 nothing. The 14 points came from the Titans' defense. Now, yes, some of those were mistakes from uh, from Matt Stafford, but I think it's a, it's a great point that if it's one way to want to win, it's one thing to want to win your way, but it's so much more important to just figure out how to win. And if that's getting in his way, that that's it's concerning, Trav, not because – of last night, not because of week nine, if that same mentality is there in a playoff game where you're at Lambeau or you're playing on the road or you're just being incredibly stubborn about we're going to do it my way and that ends up costing you the game, that's a much different conversation about you know a head coach that we've been praising a lot. All right, if you want to get in and talk about what we've seen from the Rams, we'll get to that coming up in just a little bit. But I, I want to go back to what you said about stubbornness. I think more often than not, it's a pretty positive trait for an athlete and for a coach because I'm going to find a way through. I'm, I, just because you're telling me I can't, I can. I'm going to show you. Those are more often than not, I think, pretty useful traits in a personality. But there is – and we're seeing a little bit in Kansas City too, right, where the Kansas City Chiefs like to push the ball down the field. They like to hit home runs. And they're not looking for singles. They're looking for long balls. And it's not there, and it's just not happening. And eventually you have to try to make that adjustment. And I think that's what it is, that, wait, this has always worked for me. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to find a way to work. I'm going to continue to do this because I know that my methodology is ultimately going to be proven successful, except for once in a while you need to just say, you know, we'll come back to that at another point. I'll get back to it, but I need to get back to it by doing something else. And that something else just doesn't seem to happen with the Rams nearly enough. That once they decide that we're going to try to do this, for instance, Cooper Cup is a perfect example, I mm-hmm. think. Cooper Cup is a fantastic player. I was making the case last week, and I still believe this, that he's the best wide receiver in football. He had 11 catches last night, and I don't remember a single one. So, you know, you know what I mean? It's just that why are we throwing him to the ball when there weren't a ton of opportunities there for him? When there weren't a ton of opportunities for those big plays like we've seen from him for the most part? When Daryl Henderson's averaging five yards a carry, let's keep doing that until they stop it. And then all of a sudden, boom, to Robert Woods. Boom, to Cooper Cup. Boom, to Van Jefferson. They, were, they, they dropped one big play down the middle of the field, but it just felt like they kept trying to hit home runs when a bunch of singles in a row would have been more effective. All right, today's stat hero of the day is the refs in the Rams game. Well, yeah, we kind of give the refs a little, uh, a little uh, too much here, too much praise here. But the Rams were penalized twelve times for 112 yards. Some of those kind of iffy, questionable. Do you make it? But for the Rams, it seems like when everything was going bad yesterday, it, they also weren't helping themselves as well. Stat Hero, the exclusive Daily Fantasy app partner of the Travis and Sliwa Show. It's the first ever Daily Fantasy sportsbook that gives the player the advantage. Go to SatHero.com/slash710ESPN. 
uh, for a 100% deposit match. So we appreciate their partnership. Yeah, it wasn't just there were there were a couple of of iffy calls along the way out, but when you're getting personal foul, face masking penalties away from the ball that would have had to be third and long. Now all of a sudden, yep. it's an odd Dante Dion had a bad penalty. Jalen Ramsey had a bad penalty at one point during the game. It it was not their night. Really, nothing about yeah. other than they didn't have a special teams gaff. Nothing really looked right for the Rams last night. Here's here's one last thing I'll say about that. Tennessee in their last four weeks has beaten the Rams, they've beaten the Bills, they've beaten the Kansas City Chiefs, and they've beaten the Indianapolis They Colts might be the best in team in the AFC. They might be the best yeah. team. They have the best record in the NFC. They're the number one seed in the AFC. So while there were some weird losses yesterday, and the Rams certainly fall into the weird loss category, they were the one team that lost to another very good team along the way. All right, it is Million Dollar Here Monday. Here we go. You're going to want to call in right now for your chance to win tickets to see the Rams and the Jags. That's coming up on December 5th. And a million bucks. Call right now. Get your trivia hats 877-710-ESPN. 877-710-ESPN. Travis Lee, 710 ESPN. Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sportsbook of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. <laughs> yes, you have said you Monday said enough, it, yeah. but why not? It's a million-dollar Monday. Chris just laid it out. Need your full name. Your summer you to, station. If you get the trivia question correct, we need you to offer a Super Bowl prediction. Make sure you have an AFC and an NFC team and a final score. And if you do that, you're going to get a chance to win a million bucks. And no, even if you do don't get that right. You still get to go see the Rams and the Jags coming up on December 5th. You ready, Slee? Let's do it. All let's right, do who it. got? Who do you want to do first? All right, let's go to uh, Otis in Inglewood. Otis, what's going on? Thank you for calling in. Thank you, guys. All right, here we go. Um, let's start off with this. How many times has Von Miller been a pro bowler? How many times has Von Miller been a pro bowler? we got to count this down here. Five, four, three. Two, one. Give let's us a number, with, buddy. Let's go with 12. No, nope, okay. not 12, too Otis. Too it high. is eight times for uh, Vaughn Miller along the way. Right, thank you, Otis. Next you got another chance. Don't forget, Mason and Ireland and Sedano and Cap. They've got their right. giving away million-dollar Mondays as well, so you still have a chance. Let's go to uh, Edgar in Costa Mesa. Edgar, you're on with Travis and Slee. You there, Edgar? Hi, hi, yes, hi. Okay, so here we go. Here's your question. Since Vaughn Miller was the Super Bowl MVP – only one other non-quarterback has been the Super Bowl MVP. Who was it? Oh, yeah. don't think I know that one. Um, Five, four, three. Uh, yeah, I got another one. Fire one out there. Uh, I, don't, I don't know. Sorry. All okay. right. That's all sorry, right. Thank you, Sorry, man. Edgar. Edgar does not get it. Should uh, Al, your, your pick next. That's a tough one, by the way. That is I, tough I, I wouldn't know. That's, that's, that's one you got to – uh, you got to call on the fly there. Okay, here's another one we got. Let's go to Mike in Orange County. Mike, um, what year was Von Miller drafted? Very simple here. What year was Von Miller drafted? Give us a date or a year. I would I would say 2012. 
Oh, oh so close, buddy. close, Mike. Close, buddy. So close. Ah. Just missed it by 2011. one year 2011, along the buddy. way. All right, let's ah. try another one. Let's go to uh, Garden Grove this time. And Frank, Frank, you're on with Travis and Slee. How are you feeling, Frank? I'm doing great. All right, here we go. What number will Vaughn Miller wear for the Los Angeles Rams? Four, three, two, one. Hey, there we go. He got it. He got it. So, Frank in Garden Grove, stay on the line with us, Frank. Uh, We need to get your prediction right here. Frank, what is your last name? Baldwin. Frank Baldwin in Garden Grove. He knew that Vaughn Miller is going to wear number 40 for the Rams. And, Frank, it's time for your Super Bowl prediction, an AFC team, an NFC team, and the final score. Let's go with Brady and the Bucks edging out Josh Allen and the Bills 30 to 24. 30 to 24, the Bucks over the Bills uh, at the Super Bowl that will be played at SoFi Stadium coming up here in just a couple of months. Good luck, Frank. Congratulations. And you get to go see the Jags and the Rams on December 5th. Stay on the line, and Emily uh, will make sure to take down all your information. That's pretty good. They had to work hard for this one, Slee. So I don't know. uh, Yeah, let's 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 be honest with each other here real quick. Um, I wasn't typing. Were you typing? No. When Frank was on the phone? No. 100%. I think Frank was on. You know, he was Googling what he had to do. He got he it right. five-second countdown. I think he got it right at the end. He <laughs> even was doing the, mm, uh, mm, like kind of yep, hey. trying to kind of buy a little bit of time, and then, bam, Google guessed it before. So the I forget who the, the other caller was, but the question of who was the last um, non-quarterback to win Super Bowl MVP after Vaughn Miller – as I was asking the question on TV, he popped up. He's doing a commercial for, like, hard seltzers oh, or yeah, something. that's right. That's the right. answer to the question is Julian Edelman. He mm-hmm. was the last one against the uh, against the Los Angeles Rams, as a matter of fact. So that was the, the last one right there. Um, Good stuff. Yeah, congratulations. And, again, you got a chance, Mason in Ireland. you got a chance, Sedano uh, and Cap. That's coming up later today, so make sure that you check that out. Clayton Kershaw did not get a uh, qualifying offer from the Dodgers. Corey Seager did. Chris Taylor did. And I'm not going to lie and pretend that I'm a a Major League Baseball general manager. I had to study a little bit to figure out what that means exactly. Um, And what it means is, is if you offer your player a qualifying offer, and it has to be the mean of the top 125 paid players in Major League Baseball, and that player opts to go somewhere else, you get a compensatory draft pick. So it's a way to protect yourself against losing some of your free agents. Um, The Dodgers are protecting themselves in case Corey Seager goes somewhere, in case Chris Taylor goes somewhere. They did not do it in the case of Clayton Kershaw. Does that mean anything to you, Slee, or is this just they think they got something done, they're not worried about him leaving, or they're not worried about maybe the market offering him a bunch of money and they didn't want to be stuck on the hook? Well, we said this. We said that the Dodgers will be responsible, as they always have been in the offseason, and a little irresponsible when it comes to Clayton Kershaw if they, you know, if it's within reason. So, um, listen, if a team is going to go out there and offer him a three-year, $90 million deal, do you think the Dodgers would do it? Good. I no. was going to say, you, you no they, way. nobody's no going to expect somebody that's probably going to be your fourth starter next year um, to go out and get that kind of money. But if that doesn't mean – I think they're still going to offer him something respectable. This is just my assumption. My assumption is that if 
asking price is one dollar, they're okay with giving them a buck twenty-five. You know what yes. I mean? Like it's going to be something along those lines where you still get a chance to you know one wear wear one jersey your entire career. You still get a chance to compete for a World Series. It's not all on your back. You see the type of organization we've run um, here in Los Angeles. But I don't think they're going to be irresponsible. So, um, again, I, it's going to depend on what other teams do more than I think what the Dodgers do. It's one of the toughest things that I think Andrew Friedman's going to have to do in his time here, other than trying to build a championship team every year, which he's gotten very close to doing over and over and over again, is when do you decide, I just I can't do, I, I can't do what my heart is telling me. I need to do what my brain is telling me to do. Because Clayton Kershaw is still a, a quality major league pitcher, but he's not an ace. He's probably not your second guy. And on the Dodgers that they're going to bring back with Urias and Bueller and, and May and all the other guys that they have coming back, he's probably somewhere three, four, five in that in that area. But he's Clayton Kershaw. So how, how do you balance those? That's such a tricky thing because you don't want to paint yourself in. And, may, and maybe the Dodgers have an advantage in this, Lee, as I think about it. That, that, look, we don't. We have enough money, man. We can we can overpay him. It's not going to prevent us from getting Max Scherzer. It's not going to prevent us from re-signing Trey Turner. We're we're good financially because we're the Dodgers. We can we can be slightly irresponsible in very small circumstances, like Clayton Kershaw. Let's just make sure he stays here. And and, and the other thing too, when you hear him talk, and at the end of the season, everything he was talking about with the Dodgers was both in the present tense and the future tense. Yeah, well, about the coming way, back. The way we do things here, you know, next year when we do this. I think he's coming back. I don't think that there's a lot here as far as qualifying offer meaning one thing or much. I think he's going to be back next year. Kershaw season. has not given you an indication that beyond winning, listen, the guy has made money, and he's still going to make money. It's not like the guy is going to get, you know, I, I, I think the only way the Dodgers and the and Clayton Kershaw don't come to terms if – a, Kershaw says winning is no longer important to him. He's going to cash in as much money as he possibly can before his career is over. That would have to happen. Or B, the Dodgers are, um, you know, incredibly disrespectful, offer him below market value. I don't and think I don't that's, that's going to happen. Yeah. So, you know, we'll, we'll see how things play out. But I, I wouldn't – that doesn't st- – um, there's no alarm that goes off by, you know, not giving him a qualifying offer. Travis Lee's brought to you by Goodyear, with you for every mile on the road to greatness. Goodyear more driven. You, you said it too. Doesn't it feel, when we were talking about this Dodger run over the last nine or ten years, they're one short. They're one short. And we yeah. can complain about the Astor thing, and I've complained about it as much as anybody else, but it, does that not mean that Clayton Kershaw's one short? And the one that they did get was in a mm-hmm. pandemic season. It was a shortened season. It was a 60-game sure. season. Mm-hmm. And, look, he, he's got nothing left to prove. He's been the MVP, multiple-time Cy Young Award winner, World Series champion. But to kind of go to that next level, and we're talking greatest of all time level, one more? And, and to be able to get through 160-game season, 162-game season, the, the normal grind of a playoffs, that's the one thing that he hasn't done. It's the one thing that's left on his resume. He's got a World Series championship, and he deserves every single part of it. He was a huge part of it. But the full season one, it's still not there. Okay, a couple things we can do when we come back. Um, I'm going to ask you this question. Yes. Do you think Russell Westbrook can change part of his game at this stage of his career? Because I think this could hmm. be – the difference, um, it, it's not everything because, of course, it's going to be LeBron's health. Is Anthony Davis going to be continue uh, to kind of get back to that MVP type of form he had in Orlando, specifically in that Orlando bubble? Are all the other guys going to be playing? But I got a question specifically about Russell Westbrook. That's number one. And number two, is LaMelo Ball 
out of all the young players in the NBA, Lakers got LaMelo Ball and the Charlotte Hornets tonight at Staples Center. Is that if, – if you can punch a ticket, it's between Ja Morant, it's between Trey Young, it's between LaMelo Ball, it's between some of these other young uh, guards in the NBA. Is that the one you want to see the most? Because there's obviously some fantastic players uh, in the NBA right now that are under the age of 25. So we'll do all that coming up next. Stay right here at Travis and Sliwa Show, 710 ESPN. This podcast is proud to be supported by Jets Pizza, the number one pick in Detroit-style pizza. Why? It's simple. Jets is better. With the thickest, crispiest, cheesiest Detroit-style pizza in the country, there's no competition. Right now, get $5 off any eight-corner pizza with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Go to jetspizza.com to learn more and find a location near you. Again, try Jets' signature eight-corner pizza and get $5 off with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Jets Pizza. Better because it has to be. Easy to get lost in SoFi, Al. It's a big place. <laughs> lot going on. Did you eat? So I the the tickets that I had, there was a uh, little tailgate action before. Nice. It's actually right above where you guys were broadcasting. So they had some spread there, a little ribs, some wings, salad there, and yeah, get a couple of beers. And come on, don't, see this is you. You don't get me still. You I had a still bourbon. Don't, you still don't I had get a bourbon. my deal. Well, yeah, I had a bourbon. Just kind of throw it in. The, I need, I need you to take me through. Well, I got there. There's a few wings over here. I had a little of those, uh-huh. and then later I had the. I was working on a little bourbon. I need you to set the scene. I need you to tell me the story. This is the important things that I need to know about you. Sixth floor, right? Sixth yeah. floor. There's a uh, little check-in area. A little again. This is because of Brad Wallace, the Wallace firm, hooked it up. It's a little check-in area. So you're going into this little private area. Um, I don't know who's there. That's the only person I knew, but he had a couple of his coworkers there as well. Uh, right, you come in to your left. There's just a full bar. Full bar. Ooh. What do you want? What yeah. do you want to drink? Now you see, want a special you're, drink? Now you're giving me. Do you want, do you want something simple? Just a beer? Uh, what did they have? They you had old a, fashioned, or did you just have bourbon on the rocks? I just or what had bourbon doing? on the rocks. Okay, That's bourbon on the rocks. It was, and it kind of, you know, kind of felt good to have it on a Sunday afternoon. A little bit chilly out there. Spe- just kinda, yeah. Speaking of, you know what they had in the press box last night? What they have? Gumbo. Bourbon. Bourbon on the rock. No, you were no, just no bourbon. Down bourbons. They had By the gumbo. time the post game came, you were cursing like a like a sailor. Gumbo, dirty rice, fried green tomatoes. It was really. A, it was a pretty good setup. I'm not not gonna lie. It was a it was a pretty good night in the press box. Could Even I if have the espresso machine was down? Could I have got up there or no? Uh, you need to be credentialed. So no. Yeah, I don't think I would be able to go up there. Will, next, well, I don't want you to come. You, you're not allowed to come back until next season. We could start again early next season to see what we can come up with. Why didn't, you, why, why didn't you invite me up there? Why didn't you say, "Hey, you know what? Let me talk to some people." Too and <laughs> too busy. You didn't even text me during the game. Nothing. I'm busy. I'm working. You know, me and Kirk, we're breaking down the game. We got our first quarter hit, our halftime hit, our third quarter hit. Got to get over to Hollywood Park Casino for the postgame show. It's a, it's a, it's a busy, it's a I work I thought you day, would Al. say, hey, come up towards this way. Let's go grab a drink. Let's go grab some food. Kirk, <laughs> will, Kirk will handle things. I'll get a fishing pole, and I'll throw the uh, gumbo, big bucket of gumbo over the edge, and you can, uh, you can reel it in along the way. ESPN Radio is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. All guests appear via the Goodyear hotline. LaMelo Ball in the house tonight. LaMelo Ball tonight. See, uh, LaMelo Ball tonight. LaMelo Ball in the horn. It's against the Lakers mm-hmm. and five more home games in their first 15 here coming up. And uh, we start with LaMelo. So it's going to be uh, – the, the schedule is a little interesting here. So the first 10 games are in. Lakers 5-5. Five and five. We, we know they've been 
underwhelming. It's not like we've sat back and said, wow, this is beautiful basketball. But then you've got LeBron, who's already missed four games. He'll miss his fifth game tonight. Uh, unfortunately, Anthony Davis already aches and pains. He had that stomach illness on Saturday. That's different. The guy was throwing up. I think Coach had mentioned before the game started, threw up four times, tried going, tried playing seven minutes, um, and then he was at the game. But it's been a weird start to the season. So the next five for the Lakers – Charlotte got off to a good start. Uh, they've now lost four in a row. Mm. So it's not like they're playing great basketball. You'd expect the Lakers to win this one tonight. But every single game the Lakers play, maybe our expectations, we got to lower them because if LeBron's not playing, there's no guarantee or lock they're going to win any of these games. Um, LaMelo Ball, one of the most exciting young players in the league. I was saying this. So uh, where do you put him? If, if I told you, hey, Trav, you could come to a Lakers game. Do you want to come see Trey Young or LaMelo Ball? Trey Young. How about LaMelo Ball or John Morant? John Morant. LaMelo Ball or Luca? Is that an easy one? Yeah, Luca's. Okay. L- yeah, Luca, it's Luca almost a different other. level. Yeah, yeah. Different Luca. level. Um, all right. How about Shea Gilgis Alexander or, or uh, LaMelo? Uh, LaMelo. LaMelo by a mile. What other young point guard am I missing that could be in this conversation? Yeah, those are the ones at the top of the list for sure. Look, he's he's really, really good. This was not like when Lonzo first showed up and the hype far exceeded the, the reality of it at the beginning that LaMelo came in with a lot of hype. It was awesome, almost from, from the jump. So I'm excited to see him tonight. Um, I'm excited that the Lakers – 20 points, six rebounds, no, six and a half assists to start off the season. Yeah, no, wow. he's, he's fantastic. He's, wow. he's a really, really good – he's – you know, this kind of goes back to what we were talking about uh, middle of last weeks, Lee, which is if you're a Charlotte Hornet fan, and I'm just going to assume that there is such a thing because I've never met one, but I, I'm assuming that they exist um, – you're just crossing your fingers and waiting to see where he decides he's going to want to go next. Is he going to go to the Lakers? Does he go to the Warriors? Does he go to Chicago? Does it, Miami? Where? Which of those marquee teams does he ultimately decide to go instead of staying in Charlotte? But it, that I just don't think that that's a good deal for the NBA ultimately. But put that aside for a second. I'm excited to see him tonight because, A, I want to see a great player play. But the other part of it is I just want to see the Lakers play well for an entire game. Yeah. I, yeah. I don't need them to win the game by 40 points. I don't need you know Anthony Davis to bounce back from his stomach illness and go out there and put up a, a triple-double with 45. It would be great if he did. Can we just see a game with the Lakers against an inferior opponent, theoretically mm-hmm. at least, mm-hmm. look like a quality basketball team for the better part of 48 minutes? Can they put together – Two good halves of basketball. Can the defense be good? Can the the rotations be good? Can the fits look right? Because I just have not seen that. Through the first 10 games, there's been little pockets, but there hasn't even been a good half of basketball, much less a good game. Well, I I will say this, and this is – I was going to throw this question at you. So Russ had obviously a a bad game on Saturday night. Shoots one for 13 from the field, has six turnovers, um – you know, I, I, one of the reasons why I got excited about Russell Westbrook was he's not your first option. He's not your second option. He's actually your third option on the Lakers. That's what got me excited. Here's a, a, a former MVP, a really, really good player, and he's your third option. So, mm-hmm. And he's going to be able to do a lot of these other things with or without LeBron James uh, and Anthony Davis. He's still going to get you the rebounds. He'll still be able to facilitate, be able to do some of these things. Am I crazy to ask this question about um, Russell Westbrook? Is it possible for Russell Westbrook – I know he goes 110 miles per hour. 
That's his game. That's what he does. And this is kind of what, what has been part of the foundation of his career is he can push the ball up the floor, doesn't think, just kind of runs and goes, and just plays within the game. Is it possible for him to sometimes drive the speed limit? Is that possible? Because <laughs> this is why I'm asking the question. I think it's hurting him when he goes 110 miles an hour. Not every time, but some of the times. So turnovers, sometimes you do have to drive the speed limit. Um, getting to the basket and being under control when you pull up for, you know, you're trying to get to the basket and instead of kind of a wild layup, I think you do have to be under control. Mm-hmm. A jumper that's inside the three-point. I don't want to see him take threes. I know many teams are going to let him do it, but taking a 15-foot jumper, a 12-foot jumper, sometimes you do have to be under control. I bring that up because I, I have said that Russ has got to play like Russell Westbrook until it hurts the Lakers. And I, I don't put – I want to make sure that I – you think I, it is? I think there are times he hurts the Lakers, yeah. yes. I think the style of play that he has at times hurts the Lakers. And I'll, I'll, I'll go back to this. Lakers are 5-5, five and five, not because of Russell Westbrook. Collectively, they've been bad. LeBron's already missed four games. He's going to miss his fifth game tonight. THT they desperately need. Kendrick Nunn I think they could use. Lakers don't play good enough defense. Coach Vogel, I think a couple different times you're questioning certain positions and situations and not having a timeout in your back pocket in the last couple of seconds. There are a lot of reasons why the Lakers are 5-5. Five and five. Is it possible for Russ at this stage of his career to drive the speed limit when needed? Uh, I, I mean, look, he needs to go the speed limit the way that the Atlanta Braves parade bus needs to go the speed limit. It just, it, I, this, you're singing my song, Al. This is exactly what I said when they made the deal. This is exactly what I said when they made the deal. It's like, hey, this is a, this is a proverbial old dog new trick, right? And not that he's old and washed. It's just that he's been in the league a long time. He's had a great deal of success playing his way. Can he find a second gear? But this Can is what's unique. Else? This is what's unique about his predicament this year. He's never been the third best player on a team. No, so that, I get that's, that. that. That's I, I, I what's, get that, but I don't. Think that's what's that's, different. I I understand it's different, but I don't know if it's relevant. Because he doesn't look at it like that. And I'm not saying that he thinks he's better than Anthony Davis or LeBron. That's not what I mean by Russell Westbrook plays basketball like Russell Westbrook. We all know what that means. You just described it. It is a certain type of play that is super fast, unbelievably athletic, relentlessly competitive, and oftentimes out of control. That's just how he plays. It's how he came into the league. It's how he's playing right now. And I asked this question when the trade is announced. We sure he's got a second shot in his bag? Are we sure? Are we sure that he's going to be able to become what you just described, the third best player on this team, a complimentary player, a guy that can pick his spots a little bit more? And I don't know. I well, haven't and, seen and, it yet. And by the way, we don't know because they have not – they've played such – such little amount of basketball together, and I and think the, that question yeah. that question will be answered three months from now. But the reason why I say can he slow down just a bit, I think it's a benefit to his game. You know, I, I, I'm not telling you can he start shooting 45% from the three-point line. That's not what I'm asking. What I'm saying yeah. is can he slow down just enough to limit some of those turnovers? If can he, he slow down do just that, a bit? He have done it by now. And I'm not even talking about with L.A. I'm talking about in his career. Let's oh, no, we'll no. continue but, this but, conversation. But wait, wait, about just real, real quick before, before I even say it. That's a big part of evolution for a lot of players. I'll use Carmelo as an example. Yeah. We could do that coming back. We'll, we'll do yeah. that coming up next. All right. ESPN Radio is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. All guests appear via the Goodyear hotline. More on Russ and his ability to be flexible in his new role with the Lakers. Plus, we got the dump straight ahead. It's Travis Lee, 710 ESPN.
Before we get to Russ here, Al, I'm watching the Raiders and Giants highlights on ESPN right now. Uh, Derek Carr had a Derek Carr sort of day. This is why nobody in the NFL feels super scary right now. The Raiders have had a little bit of bounce in their steps since uh, John Gruden was gone, and he had yeah. two picks, a pick six, a strip sack to end the game. It's just right when you start to buy one of these teams, they revert back to the worst version of themselves. Hey, maybe last night we saw the best AFC team out there. You know, I mean, just kind of think about it. Buffalo lost to Jacksonville 9-6. to <laughs> Kansas City, who everybody picked to come out of the AFC, um, they barely, I don't know if barely is the right way to put it, beat the Packers at home. Barely beat the Packers. A, in yeah. a desperate situation where they're just trying to kind of hang on to relevancy. The problem is that, the good thing for them in the AFC West, neither the Chargers or the Raiders are going to run away with this thing. You left one part of the uh, Chiefs game out. They did it against a, a Packers team that didn't have Aaron Rodgers. They did yeah. it with a guy making his first ever start who looked like a guy making, making his, first his first ever, ever start. start. <laughs> and then they, they struggled with it. But go back to Russ. We were talking yeah. about a second ago. I, I, I hear what you're saying, and I know that there are examples of guys kind of finding a new level or a new you know facet to their game, but usually you start to see these things develop over time and, and Russ is you know he's a better player than he was than when he came into the league but he's he's a very similar player and I just this has been my concern with him all along is is there a second gear that will allow him to do the things that you were hoping he was going to be able to do I haven't seen it yet so this is the this is what I get optimistic about this is what I was optimistic about when we were about to start the season was okay Russ will be the third option um, in order to win an NBA championship, everybody's going to have to play their roles. You're going to have to make sacrifices. Any championship roster has to make sacrifices, whether it's the Showtime era Lakers or it's the the Bulls in the 90s or the Shaq and Kobe days. Everybody's going to make – Kobe was making sacrifices to help to try to win those championships, even though you know deep down inside he thought, hey, I can get this done on my own, Wh- whatever the case is. That, that was his confidence level. If Russ wants to win a championship, who I'm pretty sure at this stage of his career, that is what he's chasing for. Those adjustments that I'm talking about, like Carmelo is making, even though it's later in his career, Carmelo's playing the game much different over the last couple of years than he did earlier in his career. Dwight Howard has made similar sacrifices. I don't think it's uncommon as guys get older in their career and they understand they got a chance to win a championship that I have to play a different way for the betterment of the team. And the reason why I mentioned to you, I said – do you think he could just slow down a little bit? Just crank it back just a little bit? And I say that not for any other reason than I think it's in the best interest of the team. Yeah, I, and I think that he would agree with your assessment of it. I don't it, like when guys don't change. I don't think it's always done out of malice. It's like oh, I'm not changing. I'm you know I, I play the way I play. Sometimes it's that, but sometimes mm-hmm. it's yeah, you're right. I, but I just don't know how to do it. I've been doing something for so long one way. All of a sudden, you're asking me to do something differently. I don't know how to make that adjustment, or at least I don't know how to do it yet. That sometimes that you were talking about with older players, mm-hmm. those adjustments come because you have no choice, because physically you can't continue to do the things that you've done. LeBron's sure. game is different now than it was 10 years ago because LeBron physically is a different player. He's just he's a different guy, and he continued to – add things to his game. He continued to, you know, maybe things that he was doing at 25, he's not doing at 35. Maybe he's doing things at 35 that he didn't do at 25 because he didn't need to or couldn't, that his skill level is caught up. All of these things, it's – but just – it's not an intellectual, I won't do it. It's a, I'm not quite sure how to do it. All right, well, that's the, that, that, yeah. that's that's the frustrating part is that they have not been healthy enough to figure that out early on the season. They're going to have to figure it out as the season progresses. 72 games left. Lots of time. Lots of time. Let's go to the dump.
All right, how about this? Jordan Love, speaking of him making his uh, starting debut yesterday against the Chiefs, his mother and girlfriend were in the last row at Arrowhead Stadium. That's not like an exaggeration, hyperbole. They were literally at the very top of Arrowhead Stadium yesterday to see him make his debut. It's a a bad look for the Chiefs. what's going on here? What's going on here? You can't get this guy... A uh, little bit better seats. Uh, it, it is a bad look. I agree with you. That the fact that I'm looking at a photo right now, literally in the nosebleeds all the way at their back, the only good thing about it, I think the wall that they're back, kind of comfortable. You know what I mean? Yeah, like you can lean against it. Lean up against the concrete wall. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's, yeah. Uh, it's a bad look. Look, I get it. You're not going to put the guy at 50-yard line halfway up the way, but you could probably do a little bit better than that. Jeez. Today, in 1990, the Dodgers signed free agent outfielder, Daryl Strawberry. Mm. How about that? That was such a big deal when it happens. Like, Daryl's from L.A. Daryl's one of the best sluggers in baseball. Daryl's fresh off of a World Series from a few years before. And it was a disaster. There was almost nothing about that that worked out, Al. Yeah, the, you kind of hope. You think, hey, maybe we can catch some lightning in a bottle. Obviously, it didn't happen. No, it did not. All right. A couple in New Zealand has grown the world's largest potato at 17.4 pounds. How many pieces of bacon and cheddar cheese and sour cream do you need to make a 17-pound potato go down? Yeah, I'm not sure. But uh, I'm, I'm out of all the different topics that we had here, I'm not surprised that this is the one that you chose. Like, hey, this is an interesting one. <laughs> well, Let's it's a pretty big baked potato. Right it's like at least two trips uh, to the, the the Fixins bar along the way. How do people find the pod, Al? ESPN app or on iTunes. Uh, just search Travis and Sliwa. Catch the full three hours every day, uh, Monday through Friday from 10 a.m. to 1. Don't sleep on a little A1 sauce on your potato, too. Just throwing that out there. That's a pretty good way to do it. Mason and Ireland is coming up next. We will see you right here at 9.55 tomorrow. Travis and Slee, 710 ESPN.